0: this is as you know the unexpected cosmology thank you everybody for dropping by tonight whether you stay the full two hours or you know drop in for five minutes to say hello in spirit hopefully you stay a little bit longer than five minutes you know what I mean I think uh but thank you everyone for being here we had a great discussion beforehand the time flew Uh, we had a two-hour just open meetup in my Discord group, the MX Cosmology. There is a, a link underneath this video, underneath all my videos, where you come to Discord, uh, sign up, and uh, we meet every single Friday night at, uh, well, you know, uh, this is nine o'clock Eastern time, so it'd be seven o'clock Eastern time. You come in, and if you have any questions for me, you want to say anything, or just talk to the group conversation, I'm there for. I want to be open and accessible to everybody. Let me get my breath here. Uh, quick drink of tea while you guys show up. Be sure to leave your uh, comments in the section. If you have questions, I will try to nab them. It's a little bit hard when I'm going over material to see everything up there. It kind of slows me down, but I, I will try to look. Something to look forward to in the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be a rotation of guests. I'm bringing on of course Pamela is going to be coming back Michael is going to be coming back uh but also uh their premiere here it's uh at TUC our two buddies of mine I'll be bringing Dave on and Polly Hart Polly Hart and I go way back to the beginning of the Flat Earth Movement the guy is amazing I can't wait to bring him on uh, he's an author of dozens of books I think you'll love him. and uh let's see what else um oh the conference a lot of people ask me about the conference no new news to give you but I'm close I'm like I feel like I'm this close to giving the green light and uh so ex- expect perhaps very soon for me to have some information on the first ever the unexpected cosmology conference hopefully 2024 no promises we'll see uh, this is all ya wills so let me uh before we get into this because you guys know how I come up with all this material every single week and I can never seem to get through it all uh, bummer but uh, well, let me see here let me turn to the oh I just wrote this article yesterday chess in the millennial kingdom I can't wait to go over that oh by the way which reminds me is that over the last six months I've been turning out a lot of polished videos you know with just me talking edited all that stuff and all this all these visuals uh I think I'm gonna be taking a break from that I didn't release any new videos this week I'm so behind in my work I'm trying just I don't have time for so after this tonight I'm going to be giving a presentation on the year 541 called the year of the Apocalypse um I'll not be turning that into a polished video so please stay for that and i'll be giving more i think going back to the way i used to do things giving presentations but i just want to show you in the store some of our new releases for those of you who do subscribe thank you for all the subscribers out there all everyone who uh gives to this ministry and uh, i hope i hope to be doing this for many 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 more years just searching out the truth um and uh so here here's the first one right here the 7000 year timeline deception. Yes, it's finally been made into a book, just released. This will be the February selection uh, among a couple others. So if you're a procrastinator and <laughs> cuz we hand out coupons at the beginning of every month. Some people procrastinate, they don't go right in uh in there and and purchase with their coupons. Uh you can nab the 7000 year timeline deception with your January coupon if you haven't spent it yet. And then we have the next thing here is oh, there's the new magazine for February. Uh, this actually corresponds with the seven thousand year timeline deception, one of the papers I'll be going over tonight. And uh, there's last month's Book of the Illuminators, Book of Britain, and there is what we'll be going over tonight, shama Wath or Exodus. This is Pamela's uh, paleo translation. We have this now in hardback paper, but. Uh, can't even talk hardback paperback uh come in pick it up and there was a couple of other things i wanted to show you in here oh yeah a lot of people have been asking us for okay well here is the the pink book there on the right a year of feast this is by our very own elia she is one of the admins at uh, the unexpected cosmology she's she harkens from south africa wonderful woman and i really like her work she's getting ready to turn out an, a, a very massive book based on like 15 articles or something or 20 i don't know how many it's been now that she's written for the unexpected cosmology and her work is about introducing the torah to people in a there's a lot of people that they, they go oh the torah that's scary that's anthropological and she's able to to take it into a very practical like how this applies to your life so uh, this one we just have an ebook and uh, the the book she's coming out with will be paper and hardback and then here, because a lot of people ask, you know, why don't you have any children's book at the Unexpected Cosmology? So here we're premiering the uh, the Hidden Treasure of the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's our first children's book that we are selling. So these are all new things to consider. And hopefully by next week for uh, right before February, we'll have yet another book to premiere. So all things to look forward to. Okay, let's get right into this. This is Shama Waf, And I, I can never pronounce it right. Sorry, Miss Pamela. Uh, we 15, I think this is. Yeah, week 15, Exodus chapter 10 through 13, 16. Now, one of the themes we're dealing with is this idea of parousia. And what, so, so in the New Testament, you know, you know how like the word Trinity is never used and people think that like there, there's this tr- I'm not saying there is no Trinity, but the word is never used, right? So we're basing a doctrine on something that isn't there. It's the same thing with second coming. Did you know that there's never, it never says the second coming? And yet we refer to it all the time and people will criticize me because i'm all about how yahushua Hamashiach appeared over yerushalayim during the war of the jews and josephus documents it and they're like what are you saying Noel? like what are we on now the third fourth fifth coming and it's like i'll say like yeah maybe i, I don't know i mean especially if yahushua is Yahuwaha, he has been seen he has had his perusia he has come many times before now what's interesting is that parousia is a Greek word and it is found in the Bible um and if you look at the definition of parousia you're going to find time and again it's going to say second coming and you're like wait a second no 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 no." when the (laughs) when the Greeks made that word they did not define it to mean second coming that's not what they meant okay they were not trying to give the Christians a word to use for their Bible so it means uh present presence a being presence a coming to a place presence coming or arrival all right so the idea of perusia is that a, a a conquering king or an emperor would leave his capital his throne to go with his army and to conquer another city you might surround the city you might move right in it might take you six months it might take you a year it might take you more than that and especially after after it's been conquered you might set up your government there or you might just leave so the idea of parousia when it's used is to imply the yahushua or Yahwaha, like in the ex the case of exodus arrives at a destination and then leaves all right so we see this uh I've pointed out this case here in Yeshayahu, Isaiah 19, 1 through 2, and it says, the burden of Meturim, that would be Egypt. Behold, Yahuwah rides upon a swift cloud. What? He's seen in the clouds? Just like Yehusha HaMashiach was seen in the clouds, right? And shall come into Meturim. The idea is, is when he's seen the clouds, you will actually see Yahuwah in the clouds. And the idols of Meturim shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Meturim shall melt in the midst of it. By the way, this is not describing the Exodus. This is an event of Yeshiyahu's time. It was either his time or a future time, not past tense. Meaning that Yahuwaha came to Exodus before. We're going to see that tonight. Um, not to Exodus, but to Mitrim And he's coming again. And I will set the Mitrim against Mitreim, and they shall fight against everyone against his brother. That's his favorite war tactic. It seems like Yahuwaha loves to turn people against each other. And everyone against his neighbor, city against city, and kingdom against kingdom. Basically, he has society to destroy itself. That's one of his favorite tactics. And then you're going to be seeing Revelation 1 7, behold, he cometh with clouds, Perusia, and every eye shall see him in the clouds, and uh, they also which pierced him. Those would be, of course, that generation, 70 AD, the, the Jews that pierced them. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. We see this in why why am I showing you Paul first Corinthians you'll see why in a moment uh this is what Paul says behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the and he includes himself in this by the way uh, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed um so let's I read this to you last week. I'm going to read this small snippet again. This from comes from Colburn, the book of manuscripts. And as a reminder, this is Egypt giving their version of the, uh, Exodus account. If you want to see the whole thing in last week's video, I read from like two chapters from the Colburn and it was just mind blowing. I mean, it was just, it was more like mind melting, hearing them describe the Exodus event and how bad it was. I mean, it, they make it out like they made out like way worse than even how you can even imagine it in the bible but this is what they say the days of stillness were followed by a time when the noise of trumpeting and shrilling was heard in the heavens right so here you have a perusi event. the trumpets are blaring just like paul talks about the last trump and the people became as frightened beasts without a herdsman as asses when lions prowl without their fold the people spoke of the Elohim of the slaves. So this would be the Hebrews. So this is the Elohim of the Hebrews coming down. And Reckless Men said, if we knew where this Elohim were to be found, we would sacrifice him because they're all thinking in terms of idols, right? Meanwhile, uh, Yahweh is smashing and destroying all their idols. I think we'll see more of that tonight. And they're just running confusion because they're like, you know, th- th- that's all they're thinking about. Like he must be one of these gods. But the Elohim of the slaves was not among them. He was not to be found within the swamplands or in the brick pits. Which is interesting because the the Hebrews were in the brick pits. His manifestation was in the heavens for all men to see. You get that? Perusia, Yahuwah, was in the heavens manifested for all men to see. But they did not see with understanding. Nor would any Elohim listen. Those would be the gods of Egypt. For all were dumb because of the hypocrisy of men. All right. So let's start reading tonight shamawath chapter 10 uh we'll finally get there chapter 13 uh, verse 16. for all of you turning tuning in shabbat shalom thank you for being here um well i'm just i guess answer this question while it's here i'll just pause and answer this it was i was asked uh how long have some of your viewers cons- consistently kept Torah? That's a question I cannot answer because obviously I'm not in the homes of my, uh, my viewers. Uh, think yeah, I'm not omnipresent, but uh, how long have they consistently keep Torah? I mean, I would imagine it's across the board. I, I know uh, I, I, I do know some of my viewers personally and they're friends of mine, and I believe that they are passionate to keep the Torah. And then there's a lot of people in this community that are fakers um, across the board. And how has it impacted your social relations, if at all? Okay, that's a (laughs) that's a whole discussion right there. Uh, Thank you for asking that. Um, Some people, uh, you know, we we lose our. When you when you Yeshua Hamashiach said that, you know, he was coming. He was bringing a sword, and he said, you know, depending on your translation, he's like, he who doesn't hate his father and mother, he who he loves them more than me, is not worthy of me. And he's basically saying there that if you actually follow the narrow path. and follow his father's commands you're going to be hated I mean your family it's they're, they're going to turn on you and that kind of stuff so I would say that the following the Torah um is not the it does not make you the life of the party uh, nor is it the the more uh yeah socially favorable thing to do but there are so many amazing if we're looking for you know the acceptance of the world we we have a wide road for that and the 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 blessings have been such that this has been the happiest time of my life hands down following the commands and discovering the truth of who Yahuwaha is has been the happiest time of my life so uh i would never trade it in for all the the family relations or the friends or the money in the world all right so let's start getting into this and Yahuwaha, the ever-living declared to al that'd be Moses going into Pharaoh given that I will make heavy his heart and the hearts the heart of his servants with two other evidences that I will fashion in their midst that they might that they might know that I am a Yahuwah, the ever-living Masha and Aaron came to Pharaoh and he said to him Yahuwah Allah of the living ones he has declared like this until we until when will you refuse resisting to my face to send away my people to serve me given that you have refused to send away my people behold me tomorrow i will cause locusts to come into your dominions i, I i'm just thinking here that it just really hit me because i had just read you the passage about how Yahuwaha was Perusia in the clouds over egypt he was in the, the fiery pillar. And all of it, I think it said um, elsewhere in the Colburn that it took up a fifth of the sky, which is pretty massive. Uh, not a quarter of the sky, but a fifth or something like that. Still, that's massive. Everybody saw him. And so here he's saying, how long it took that you will resist my face? So he's not in the idols, but he's right there. and Pharaoh could look up and see him, and he's saying, you're resisting me. How long are you going to do that that isn't that incredible that even you know there's this idea that i have heard my entire life growing up in christianity that you know all these people they're going to be sorry you know this is how like how the quran reads oh you'll be sorry someday and it's like no actually they won't people even even this idea that every knee will bow and tongue confess it may not be out of praise uh According to this, in heart and heart, you can have people in the presence of Yahuwah and they're going to be like, "Yeah, no, doesn't do anything for me. All the glories, everything, nope, doesn't do anything for me." That's what's happening right here. So, uh, I think many people, uh, as we know, that in the face of Torah, sin abounds. I think that's Revelation, uh, no, Romans chapter six, right there. Uh, sin transgressions of the law abound wherever the Torah is. You confront people with the Torah; they they're like they're going for that pork and like eating it right in front of you. And and people don't want righteousness at the end of the day. So uh, people people will choose death. People will choose eternal death. I, I really uh, believe that. And my mouse here is not working for me. Okay, like, here we go. Given that you have refused to send away my people, behold me. So and he could look out his window and behold him right there. Right, behold me. Tomorrow I will cause locusts to come into your dominions, and they shall cover the face of the earth, and no one will be able to observe the earth. And they shall consume the remainder of the ones escaping, the residue of what has been left to you from the hail, and shall consume all the sprouting forth trees which belong to you in the plains, and shall fill your house, and the house of your servants, and the house of all Matrim, in such a way as you have never seen. Or your fathers, or the fathers of your fathers, from the day you existed upon the ground to this day. And then he went away from Pharaoh and the servants of Pharaoh, how long and and the servants of pharaoh, I, I assume they're talking here. How long will you will this go on with us to ensnare us? Send these men away to serve Yahuwaha, their ever living Allah Do you not yet know that Mitriim is ready to perish? so his 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 own wizards the sons of Balaam at this time are going like dude we lost dude like it's 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 almost like the end of the, the second world war uh where you have these kamikaze pilots and they're they're going in they're just trying to just go in and smash these ships now and take them down and and in, in the Japanese like the final Japanese are like I don't want to die the war is going to be over tomorrow like it's over it's done like just can you guys see what's happening it's over there's no, there's no point in fighting going on now that's basically what his Wizards are telling Pharaoh and Mashaha was turned back Aaron also unto Pharaoh and he said to them walk serve Yahweh, the ever-living your Allah who uh and who and who are the ones walking and Mashaha said we will walk with our young men and with our aged bearded ones by the way, I, uh, I love that Pamela, I've noticed in Exodus a few times where she calls them the bearded ones and the Hebrews, they're referred to as the bearded ones. And so uh, next time she comes on or maybe she could put it in the um, in the, the comment section and talk about that, I'd like to hear more about that. Because that would that would change a lot about how I and maybe some of us feel feel about beards, you know, and, and is our beards mandatory? Uh, according to rabbinical Judaism, it is. According to some of the other uh, Jewish groups, they're not. Uh, but I would, I would, you know, I would be very interested to hear more about that. And with our age bearded ones, with our sons, and with our daughters, and with our livestock, for a festival unto Yahuwah the Ever Living. And he said unto them, Yahuwaha he will exist with you when I send you you and your little ones, observe him, for misfortune is conspicuously in front of your faces. Now, I want you to uh, pay attention to what he's saying here, because I want to look at the different translations. And Pamela put here, for misfortune is conspicuously in front of your faces. that That's actually, I take that as a threat. Okay, Pamela says, here, I'll put this under here. The bearded ones were the, were the elders. It was considered a shame for a Hebrew man to be beardless all right for misfortune is conspicuously in front of your faces the Warriors only will walk now and serve Yahuwaha, the ever-living for that is what you are seeking and they were thrust out from the face of Pharaoh so uh Aaron and Moshe were thrown to the curb they were thrown on their butts to the curb uh, very rudely and he's saying yeah all your elders all your children they're saying here you can send the Warriors all right now this is what's interesting because I looked this up and in Exodus we're at Exodus 10 10. this is the Masoretic the word that is actually used here is ra, or raah, but it's raw all right so uh Pharaoh would say when I let go you and your little ones beware for evil uh before the face and uh wait where is it oh yeah evil is actually raw So it's interesting that in the Masoretic, the word for evil is the god Ra, the sun god. And it could be a play on words here. Now, this is going, I'm giving the Masoretic here. This could be a play on words because uh, Pharaoh could be saying, he's threatening him saying, yeah, but the sun god Ra, he's always on your face. He's our, he's my god. Your god is Yahuwaha, but I got the sun. I think that's what he's saying here. He's always going to be on your face. He's going to be following you. Wherever you go, he's watching you. And isn't it interesting that after this, we get the plague of darkness? This is what uh, Exodus 10.10 10 says in the Aramaic Targum. And he said to them, this is Pharaoh talking, so may the word of Yahuwah be a help to you, but how can I release both you and your children? The evil offense is in, is in the look of your faces. So it's kind of different there how they interpreted that you think to go onward in the way that you would walk till the time that you shall have come to the house of the place of your habitation it shall be not so as ye devise but the men only shall go and worship before Yahuwah. all right so a little bit different there okay let's see what the Septuagint says I got fascinated with this I was just looking up Exodus 10 in every translation possible and he said to them so let Yahuwah be with you as I will send you away must I send away uh you, you st- uh, you store also see that evil is attached to you so it seems like every single translation is saying something a little bit different but nevertheless I found it fascinating that in the Masoretic Hebrew the word for evil is like Ra'a like the God Ra and I think it's a play on words and Yahweh, the ever-living declared to Mashaha, stretch out your hand over the land of Mitre with the locusts Oh, here, let me get rid of this uh, this message here. Uh, I'll just say this real quickly. Uh, Flora says, based on what we were saying earlier, I've been keeping Sabbath much of Torah for almost 39 years. Congratulations. That is a long time. With Sabbath group for sure, lose friends and conversation company who just want to debate it. And that's the unfortunate thing that, you know, that this been my sorrow in this Torah revival is watching all the unpleasant people coming in who just want to argue it goes on both sides the Christians want to argue it too but it's you know just it's something that is so joyous for me to discover and just so much uh yeah just not joy like just terror for other people or and then you get the, the Torah terrorist as well let's keep reading And Yahuwah, the ever-living, declared to Meshachah, stretch out your hand over the land of Mitreim with the locust, and he shall come up upon the land of Mitreim, and he shall devour all the green herbs of the land, all which the hail has left. So Meshachah stretched out his branch over the land of Mitreim, and Yahuwah, the ever-living, led a ruach east in Aratz, that would be the earth, all day and all night. The daybreak existed, and the ruach from the east had lifted up the locust. And the locusts lifted up, spread out over the land of Mitreem, and he settled down upon all the dominions of Mitreem, and heavy to their, very heavy to their face. There had never existed locusts such as their these, and never since has such existed. And he had the eye of the whole earth, so she was surrounded with darkness. And he devoured all the green herb of the earth, all the fruit trees, fruit of the trees which the hail had left and no green thing was left on the trees or green herb in the plains and all the land of mid now bummer because this is harvest season i'll be hopefully talking about that later tonight so they have just been when it's are talking about every green thing it's literally harvest this is the time this is the spring and this is the time when all the mystery religions all across the earth celebrate the, the death and resurrection of their God, right? Just like we have with Yahushua HaMashiach a Passover in the spring. And so we're going to see next week when they cross through the Red Sea the same sort of, well, we're going to see it starting tonight with the angel of death, but then... Um, uh, we will be talking about the angel of death but when they go through the Red Sea kind of a death burial and resurrection ceremony and it's a bummer for Egypt because now they got a whole another year to go without crops and it would take more years than that to recover and Pharaoh hastened to call out for Masha and for Aaron and said I have stumbled against Yahuwah your Allah and against you and you know cry me a river at this point right um and now lift me up I pray you from my misstep this once only, and entreat your Haya that He turn away this death from me only. So they went out from Pharaoh and supplicated Yahuaha, the Ever Living. That's really interesting there. That the, his phrasing, turn away this death from me only. And of course, he's an avatar uh, of the of Ra on the earth. So, huh, interesting. So they went out from pharaoh and supplicated Yahuwaha the ever-living and Yahuwah the ever-living turned a very strong ruach from the west which lifted up the locusts and she flung him into the Suap sea uh, the the number one there pamela puts a note that this is it's a mistranslation called the red sea it's actually the seaweed sea let me just check here to make sure yeah seaweed sea and there remained not even one in all the dominions of mitchuin. So this is what Joshua. Read. I read this last week, but going over this really quickly again, in verse eight, uh, chapter eighty, verse thirty-three. And Yahweh sent and brought numerous locusts into Midian. The uh, the chazal, Salom, Chargol, and Chagoli. I didn't know there were those were different types of locusts. Locusts, each of its kind, which devoured all the hail and left remaining. I'm sorry, devoured all that the hail had left remaining. Then the then the Egyptians rejoiced at the locusts. Kind of funny scene kind of sad and funny although they consumed the produce of the field and they caught them in abundance and salted them for food so they're like there is enough locusts to feed us for a very long time and so they're getting out the salt and they're like you know they're like crunching on these things you know they're getting really excited before they can put it up to their mouth and yahweh had turned a mighty wind to the sea which took away all the locusts which we just read they went into the the uh, seaweed sea even those that were salted meaning they were ready to be consumed nobody got to eat them and thrust them into the Red Sea or as Pam, or as Miss Pamela put in the uh, paleo that the the uh, seaweed sea not one locust remained within the boundaries of Egypt but Yahweh, uh, continuing to the paleo but Yahweh, the ever living made strong the heart of Pharaoh and he would not release the sons of Yashorel again that should be everyone if if I don't feed you guys fear porn but if anyone should have a fear it is a healthy fear of Allah Hayam, that should be your fear that he hardens your heart if he did it to Pharaoh he could do it to each one of us I have seen in real time I'm sure you guys have too it's a terrible thing to behold to watch someone usually it comes with pride right pride goes before the fall they're proud or haughty or whatever and you see their their heart get heart and their their, their vision gets darkened how darkened well he could look out his window and he could see Yahweh right there manifested before everyone and it was just darkness to him right I mean, he's basically a, he's really, he's a, you can't say he's an atheist because he believes in many gods, but he is, in this sense, he's an atheist. Right before his face, he doesn't believe it. Afterwards, Yahuwah, the ever-living, declared to al-Mashaha, stretch out your hand towards ha-shamayam, the heavens, that he will exist, chashak, darkness. So that the word chashak there is darkness. And there's a, a couple words in here uh different words for darkness which is kind of interesting so this one Cheshach, darkness and this is um anyways upon the land of mitri and Cheshach, darkness he may be touched and Masha stretched out his hand towards the heavens and Cheshach, he existed angry wretched upon the land of mitri for 3 days um that's wild uh and we're going to be, we'll look at the other, the other word crops up too. But the idea is, is that these are like, these types of darknesses are, this one here is one that could, like a darkness that could be felt. Am I wrong, Miss Pamela? She could put it in there. Um, we've talked, I've talked with Pamela in the past about are these actual spiritual entities as well? No man observed his brother, and no one rose up from beneath his roof for three days. But in all the dwellings of the sons of Yasharil, light existed. So that would be in, in uh, we'll see why the light existed. The Aramaic Targum talks about it here. My mouse is acting strange to me. She says, I am right. I'm right about something I said. I'm not sure about what I'm right about. But uh, I don't know if it's about the darkness being felt, the Chosec, or the uh, the, the spiritual entity as well. I think about this is what the Eirik Targum says. And Moshe stretched out his hands towards the height of the heavens, and there was dark darkness. So it's not just darkness, according to Eirik Targum. It's dark darkness in all the land of Midrashim for three days. No man saw his brother, and none arose from his place for three days. But among all the sons of Yasharol, there was light, that the wicked among them who died might be buried. So that's interesting. So that they're able to bury the dead, and that un- th- that the righteous. Might be occupied with the precepts of the torah in their dwellings well that's interesting so the occupied with the precepts so this is telling you right here here's another verse where they knew what the torah was okay before it came to them on mount sinai they knew what the torah was it it, the way i explain this is that because christianity in order to get out of obedience to the commands they're like well it didn't come until Mount Sinai. So that shows you that humanity was fine before the Torah. And so it can be taken away just as easily. And it's like, wait a second. No, 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 no. Like before you got married, you knew that there were these vows coming. You knew what the vows were, you know, to, to honor, cherish, you know, till death do we part, all these kind of things, right? The vows existed. And you could study the vows and you could be like, when I get married, I'm going to commit to these vows. It's the same thing going into this wedding ceremony in Mount Sinai, they were committing to these vows uh, that was being put in front of them. But it still existed. It wasn't just made up on the spot, right? The pig did not evolve into an unclean animal, only to evolve into a clean animal again. All right, continuing the Paleo. Then Pharaoh called out to al-Mashahad, said, walk you, serve him, Yahuwaha. Only your livestock... He's always holding something back. You know, he's always trying to keep them back somehow. Only your livestock and your bulls and cows shall stay. Why am I not surprised? Of course, he didn't have any of the livestock, right? So I guess he needed some at that point. Your little children will walk with you. But Mashaha replied, You must also give into our hands sacrifices and burnt offerings that we can give to our Yahuwah, our Allah. Hayah. And therefore our cattle must walk with us. Not a hoof must be left. For we must take from them to serve Yahuwah our Allah, And we cannot know with what we must serve Yahuwah the ever living until we arrive unto him. Yahuwah, however, made strong the heart of Pharaoh. Here we go again. And he would not consent to let them depart. Therefore, Pharaoh replied to him, walk away from me, guard yourself. My face you shall see no more for on the day you look upon my face you will die so I think mean, I guess that's it Pharaoh's like it, it Moshe knows like okay it's over at this point uh, talks uh, communication has ceased this is uh this is Moshe has just been ghosted in modern terms then Yahweh, the ever-living declared to mashaha yet one more death plague will I bring upon Pharaoh and upon Mitrim. After which he will send you away hence. He will drive you out completely. See, whenever I, I read the comments on here, then I lose my place. Uh, okay, let me just try this again. Uh, oh, anyways, and Mashah has answered your debar. Let me see what debar is. I forgot what that is. Oh, purpose plan. Your purpose plan is upright i will never add more to observe your face then yahoo the ever-living declared to meshaha yet one more death plague will i bring upon pharaoh and upon matrim after which he will send you away hence he will drive you out completely the matter is complete make plans now in the ears of the people and let every man demand from his neighbor every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and gold so this is where they're they're going to loot." uh Egypt and, and keep in mind they're not going in the houses my understanding and stealing this stuff they're just saying like hey like I want all your earrings your jewelry everything you got give it you know give it to me and they're just like get out of here just go just take it because we don't ever want to see you guys again you guys are a curse to us Yahuwah the ever-living gave the people favor in the eyes of the Metrim for the man Mashaha, was very great in the land of mitreim in the eyes of the ministers of pharaoh and in the eyes of the people after that Mashaha proclaimed thus says yahweh the ever living at the midst of the night i will go forth into the middle part of mitreim and i will slay all the firstborn of mitreim notice who's doing this here this isn't uh, this really this really struck me as i was reading this this isn't an angel coming right some people have I'll, I'll be talking a little bit about the angel of death and some people speculate it is the angel of death you know Satan or whoever and I'll give you kind of different translations but this seems to imply that this is Yahuwah himself he is coming down he's in the you know he's up there in the sky but he is coming down out of the cloud and he means business he's going to be slaying personally At the midst of the night, I will go forth into the middle part of Mitreim, and I will slay all the firstborn of Mitreim from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits down upon his throne, even into the firstborn of the maidservant who is behind the millstone, and all the firstborn of cattle. And there shall exist, and this is not just men too, I I believe this is women as well, any kind of firstborn, All all the way from people to dogs to bugs. And there shall exist a great crying out in all the land of Mitreim, which none like it existed before and none like it shall be added. But from all the sons of yasharel not even a barker shall bring to a point his tongue against man or beast, that you may know Yahuwah, the ever-living, works a separation between Mitrim and between yasharel and he will cast himself down, all these your servants, and he will submit himself to me, begging, go away, you and all the people who f- will, uh, will foot it after you and after that I will go out and he went out from Pharaoh his nostrils flaring in the heat of his anger and Yahweh, the ever-living declared to al-Mashaha since Pharaoh since Pharaoh will not hear and obey you I will multiply my splendid deeds in the land of mitreim therefore the and Aaron did fashion all his splendid deeds to the face of Pharaoh yet Yahweh, the ever-living made Pharaoh's heart strong, and he would not send away the sons of Yashro from his land. Consequently, Yahweh, the ever-living, spoke to Al-Mashaha and to Al-Aaron in the land of Mitrim, commanding, This month shall be to you the head of months. It shall be to you the first month of the year. All right, so I'm going to just, you, uh, this is not a long section. I read this last week, but here's another section from Colburn, Book of Manuscripts. Again, this book I'm gonna reading from right now is the Egyptian perspective of this of what we're talking about. And it said this, the fish of the river died in the polluted waters. Worm, insects, and reptiles sprang up from the earth in huge numbers. We saw that plague last week. Great gusts of wind brought swarms of locusts, which covered the sky. We just saw that this was the last uh, plague. Um, before the darkness. As the destroyer, the destroyer would be El Shaddai, the destroyer flung itself through the heavens, it, it, which of course was what El Shaddai means, right? The destroyer. It blew great gusts of cinders across the face of the land. The gloom of a long night spread a dark mantle of blackness. This would be the plague of darkness, which extinguished every ray of light none knew when it was day and when it was night for the sun cast no shadow there was no distinguishing between day and I think about that no stars no moon no sun the darkness was not the clean blackness of night but a thick darkness in which the breath of men was stopped in their throats and this is what's so interesting about the translation that Miss Pamela put in the the Chosec, which as I said was a type of darkness that you could actually feel it like you could reach out it just you could just feel it everywhere you can't even breathe right it, it says here that it was a darkness in which the breath of men was stopped in their very throats I I, I can't even it's hard for me to even envision that men gasped in a hot cloud of vapor which enveloped all the land and snuffed out all lamps and fires right so this darkness it's extinguishing every single light except for the light of the Hebrews men were benumbed and lay moaning in their beds None spoke to another or took food for they were overwhelmed with despair it's almost like this is a scene from Sheol interestingly enough ships were sucked away from their moorings and destroyed in great whirlpools. it was a time of undoing the earth turned over as clay spun upon a potter's wheel the whole land was filled with uproar from the thunder of the destroyer overhead and the cry of the people so you could actually hear like the crying of the people all through the darkness. It's a scene from hell, guys, or, or, you you know, Sheol, you know what I mean, uh, where, you know, you just imagine hearing all the cries of the people in torment. It seems like what's happening here, you have these trumpets blasting and you got the destroyer up there in total darkness, unbelievable. There was the sound of moaning and lamentation on every side wherever you went you couldn't see anyone you couldn't you know you just it's just like being in a thick like a like you ever been like trapped in like a you ever wake up in a tent at night you know the woods you're in a sleeping bag and you're like you're claustrophobic and you don't know which way is up or down or north or south and you don't know where you're that's what it feels like like you're just sweating hot and you can't breathe from the heat and the humidity the earth spewed up its dead corpses were cast up out of the resting places and the embalmed were revealed to the side of all men pregnant women miscarried and the seed of men was stopped which again I point out, was really interesting because the same thing happened in jasher at an earlier time but the women of egypt miscarried the craftsman left his task undone the potter abandoned his wheel and the carpenter his tools they couldn't they couldn't work and they departed to dwell (coughs) they departed to dwell in the marshes (coughs) I mean, think about that. Like the marshes might have seemed nice by that point, right? And that'd be pretty bad if you want to go live in marsh in the marshes. All crafts were neglected, neglected, and the slaves lured the craftsmen away. I, th- I, I believe those would be the Hebrews there. The dues of Pharaoh could not be collected, uh, for there was neither wheat nor barley, goose nor fish. All right. I don't need to read that last paragraph. Oh, this is good here. I always say that, but then it says in the last sentence terror was the companion of men by day and horror their companion by night of course they couldn't tell the difference men lost their senses and became mad they were distracted by frightfulness book of manuscripts continuing on the institution of the passover set your words in order until all the appointed gathering of yasharel in the decade of months every month every man shall take to themselves a sheep or goat according to each father's house a sheep or goat for a house and if the houses exist too little too weak or too few for a sheep or a goat then let him and his neighbor who is nearest to his house calculating the number of Nefash according to each uh, each is eating you shall estimate the sheep or goat so you know i live in one of those kind of houses where i do not have a farm uh i do not have even a fence i do not have a barn i don't have places for sheep so what happens with passover well I have tour people. I live in South Carolina during the spring, and there's not a lot of people in South Carolina, period. Uh Miss Pamela was at my house uh last a couple other people listening tonight. were at my house last Passover and they went with me. We actually had two Passover meals, which is awesome. Back to back. And we actually went about 30 miles down the road. Um, yeah, 30 minutes or so down the road to the house of the Torah couple, lovely couple, and we went and had uh we used their they actually uh for the first day we used their sheep and then the second day they killed another lamb and we um had that as well so it was really good let's see uh a sheep or goat must be perfect whole complete I did have goat one year too for Passover it's kind of interesting a male having completed one year in life he shall exist to you until the 14th of the month and all the gathered assembly of Asherah must kill it between the dusk. That would be morning to evening. Uh, then they shall take hold of the blood and shall gift it onto the two doorposts and on the upper doorpost of the house where they eat it. Now, for all the people out there saying, uh, imagine if there were Hebrews, My sons of Asherah were like, we believe, we got grace, we believe. But they don't do anything about it it doesn't say here that you just have to believe Moshe or Yahweh it's like you got to fulfill this command I mean if you don't do this command you're going to be dead right or you're you're going to be dead or maybe your wife if she's a firstborn is going to be dead or your your firstborn child your force your firstborn dog your firstborn you know everything is going to be dead right your firstborn hamster everything They shall take, uh, they shall, then they shall take hold of the blood and shall gift it onto the two doorposts, as I just read, and on the upper doorpost of the house where they eat it. And they shall consume him, the flesh, in that le, uh, le'alaha, night. So there's the second word for night, le'alaha. And this is actually where we get the word Lilith from. And le'alaha is, I believe, another spiritual entity and this is where we get like um, uh, a uh, lullabies uh, from roasted with fire and with sweet unfermented bread upon bitter herbs shall they consume it you shall not eat any part of it raw half cooked or boiled in water but only roasted over fire for anyone who wants to know what do I do at Passover these are the instructions right here okay don't eat it raw don't boil it you got to cook it over a fire you got to kill the lamb between morning evening you don't leave anything till the morning it's about to say that right here uh but only roasted over fire his head his legs and over the middle of the thing all right so you just you burn you cook the whole thing over fire and you shall not let any part of it remain until daybreak all right so you're having your Passover meal <clears throat> sunset it's a big feast uh obviously as a family you cannot consume a whole lamb maybe you have uh cut this lamb up and distributed amongst many families and you still can't eat it all what do you do with the rest of it you burn it none of it can remain till the morning you shall burn him in fire so that's it right there so anything that remains you burn in fire uh for those of you who came to my house was it two or three years ago now we uh we had leftover lamb and we're like what what are we going to do with this well the answer is burn it right so we take it out there to the fire Polly Hart who's going to be on uh the show in a couple weeks he tries to get a fire going long story short he finally lights it we get we get the 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 lamb in there and it's this it's an amazing like savory smell that's going up and this I live on an alligator preserve so this (laughs) this really naughty alligator which just he would like you could see its nostrils flaring and its eyes were just so intense and it was going up and down back back and forth and we were guarding the lamb this is like no this lamb is going to y- Yahweh this is not your lamb and um, and it was like if we weren't there if we got up and left it would have come right up there uh, no doubt in my mind it would have just gone up there to the fire and got it tried as best as could. and in this manner shall you eat it your waist girded up sandals on your feet and your branches in your hands uh so that's you know the other thing you know, when you eat your meal you, you're dressed up you're ready to walk out that door right in case the uh the, the Exodus happens all over again and you shall eat him in haste he is the uh passage unto Yahuwaha, the ever living yeah uh there's Polly right there Weird. weird fire story it was crazy uh now that he commented on that yes I did just say I actually technically do live on an alligator it's a preserve for alligators it's a nature preserve but it's it's an the alligators. a lot of alligators are all protected there and uh and Polly he just commented here and he tried to light this fire over and over was it Polly like doused in water or something like that I think the, the children were out there with like water guns and stuff and they they hosed it all down and uh yeah, he, he said, I literally started it seven times. He gave up. He like prayed and he gave up and he walked away. Well, I didn't know he was struggling to get this fire going. So uh, this other guy at my house, Miles, he and I, we go out there. We just sit there. We're just like, we were, you know, full. We had been, I had been working all day to prepare the meal. I was tired. It was the first time literally I had to just sit down and go, ah, you know, like at the end of the meal, right? Just like, just you got 20 minutes, like, ah, and we sit there and the fire is going and we thought nothing of it. And Paul came out, he's like, did you guys like the fire? And we're like, no, it was it was going when he got here. He couldn't believe it. It just like it, it was like a miracle. It just, you know, uh, yeah, he gave up on the seventh time. Yep. All right. See, I get so distracted when I read your comments. I love reading your guys' comments though. It's like you guys are in the room with me right now. We're just having a conversation. All right, where was I? Uh, for i will let me just stop start here for i will pass over the land of midstream and i will strike all the firstborn in Arats matrim or the land of Mitrim from man and from beast and upon all Allaham Mitrim. did he just say all the gods of egypt right there he's going to strike it upon all the gods of egypt i will work punishments I am Yahu- Yahuwaha, the ever living and the blood he shall exist to you of a powerful side upon the houses you are therein, and I will observe blood and I will hop over you and my destruction the idea of you know the Passover right I will hop over you we can call it the hop over and my destructive strike will not exist in you in my striking the earth Mitriim. Oh yeah, another alligator story. Pamela said that she says, I never realized how loud alligators were until I visited no I tell this now, she was in Florida at this time, and I tell this to Floridians all the time. They're like, What are you talking about? We live in the land of alligators. Florida is literally the land of alligators. I'm like, you don't hear them? They are so loud. Um, they will uh Sarah and I we we live upstairs and our bedroom goes out to the, the back balcony, which right over the water, literally right over the water and they sound like a motorboat they are that loud if you can imagine how loud a motorboat is when it races by it is this loud growl like a gurgling engine and it will wake us up it's like you almost fall out of bed it's so loud these alligators uh and of course they only you know they only make that noise when they're horny and they're looking for a date and it's like two in the morning you know they're looking for their midnight uh <laughs> Don't need to go. You know what I mean? It's springtime. It's love is in the air. They can't sleep. It's midnights. Uh, they're looking, you know, they're going down their uh, little black book and seeing who's going to respond. And this day he shall exist to you for a day of remembrance and a feast, dancing, leaping, being giddy, as a powerful sign, a festival unto Yahuwah, the ever living, throughout the circuits of the ages, to time of long duration. She will keep a uh, Hachad unto him. So it's really interesting here. he's saying that this is going to be a day of remembrance, a feast of dancing and leaping. That's what the Egyptians should have been doing right now. They should be having their spring feast. So this is when the Nile River overflows, and they have their corn harvest, and they go out there and they they worship their gods and they have these big mystery pageants and all that, and they're not right? They're mourning in their darkness. And he's saying, what they what they normally do. This is what you're going to be doing this year. Seven days only shall you eat sweet, unfermented bread. And so, of course, by time you start your Passover meal, anyone listening to this, if you haven't done it before, uh, and we're coming up on Passover in just like three months here, so this is good to know information. You want to make sure that all the leaven uh, is out of your house. Anything that's been activated leaven, it has to be out of every cabinet. You have to have it out for seven days, and it's pretty strong language what it says here. Um, in the first day you will cease fermented bread from your houses, given that anyone eating fermented bread from the first day until the seventh, she will cut off that nefash, that soul from Yasharel. So it's a very serious offense. If you are in a covenant relationship with Yahuwaha, you keep his feast. Uh, You have your your Passover lamb. We're going to see more a little bit about that tonight. Uh, You guys know Yahushua HaMashiach is the lamb. Uh, And you do not eat any uh, leavened bread for seven days afterwards. So the first day, a kuda yuash, an established set-apart meeting. And the seventh day, a kuda yuash, established set-apart meeting shall exist to you all malakaiha let's see what that says here uh the malakaha is a prescribed service or work especially that of an artisan or smith okay so all work of the the smith the blacksmith or any artisan shall not be done in them so these are high sabbath days only what will be eaten by any nifash that alone you shall fashion now to all of my lunar sabbath friends out there uh you know Each his own. Everyone has to discover. I am a a seventh day every Saturday, seven days, seven days, seven days, every Saturday Sabbath keeper. I know there are some people who listen who are lunar Sabbath, and I don't want to tear anyone down. You guys might be the right position. You might be. I could be totally wrong, and I want to be humble in that, and I hope you guys are also recognizing that, you know, this position, my position could be correct as well. Uh, But this is one of the things that doesn't really add up to me is that it's like the the lunar Sabbath, they'll call this the solar lunar crowd, will say that all these high Sabbaths happen to fall on the regular seven-day Sabbath anyways. And for me, it's like, well, then why bring it up? It's like already, if I'm already keeping the Sabbath, why is there such an emphasis on do not work on these days? By the way, there's these high Sabbath days, do not do any work on them. But it'd be like well i thought i already wasn't doing any work because i'm already keeping the sabbath so to me when i read these these seem like these are special days that fall on the lunar calendar that you know are different every single year uh, to you know keep a watch out for again i could be wrong and willing to be therefore safeguard these days of unfermented bread on account of the bone of these days i will make your armies to go forth from iraq to the earth uh the land or the land of mid and you shall guard as a powerful sign this day throughout the circuit of the ages uh now most translations are going to say forever and I I think it's really interesting because I've looked a lot at the idea of forever and I have I must say I'm really intrigued and fascinated by Pamela's translation of the circuit of the ages and the idea of a circuit, right? The sun is on a circuit, it goes around. You think of like a horse race, the horse going around a circuit. Uh, and so it's, again, it's not, Hebrews didn't see time as linear, right? It just, it's circular. So you, you keep it throughout the circuit of the ages. And there's no time period on this. It just, it's the ages and it's a circuit. It keeps going around. There's no, there's no, like, it doesn't say three, four circuits, a hundred circuits, a thousand circuits. You just keep doing it it's it's unending so in that way you could say forever too but i love how she put the circuit of the ages and i would be curious again for her to uh, comment more on that take some notes Pamela, the next time you come on behold by established privilege at a time of long duration in the first in the 14th day of kadash or the month uh so this is when you do a passover the 14th day of the month at the dusk you shall eat sweet unfermented breads um the matzah this is the Feast of Unloved, Bread, also called the Feast of Matzah, until the 21st day of the Kadash at dusk. For seven days, ferment shall not come in, shall not be found to exist in your houses. And now that I, w- I thought about this, man, I wish I would have put more emphasis tonight on talking about the Feast of Matzah. I talk about Passover in my notes, but for all who eat chamatzah, uh, let's see what she has here for number five, ferments, anything that's fermented, that life shall be cut off even the nafash and by the way I believe here that um uh you know it, it's not it's not saying here like it's almost like with the Adam and Eve story where it's like dying you shall die and Satan he came back and with a lie he twisted it. it's like did he really say you would die and Adam didn't die on that day but he kind of did because his his he had a spiritual death on that day and he was cast down and he began the process of dying. Dying, you shall die. Right. So when I read this, I think about it as the same kind of prophecy with Adam and Eve. Uh, the same, the thing of you break this command. Dying, you shall die. You you will die if you break this command. You will. And there's, there's a cutting off that's very serious. I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's an eternal cutting off. You may not experience it in this lifetime, but like this is serious, guys. Like keeping these commands, you will be cut off. If you want Yah, I mean, then go find some other God and good luck with that, right? Get in a covenant with another God if you don't like it. But if you want to be in a covenant relationship with Yahuwah, this is what he says, and it's very serious. <clears throat> okay, so the life shall be cut off, even the nefash, the soul, from the gathered assembly of Yasharel, Whether a stranger or native born of Ha'arat, you shall not eat any chamatzah in your dwelling places. You shall eat matzah. All right, so let's see. What is this here? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start talking here. We we have the uh, the lamb, the the Passover lamb. Let's take it to the next step. Uh, Hamashiach. This comes from the Bezorah Yokanon, the Gospel of John. Therefore, because it was preparation day, right? So we're preparing for Passover, getting ready for the feast of Matzah, That the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that day was a for that Sabbath was a high day so isn't that interesting so for me this is one of those things that actually again gives the case for what I would call the, the seven-day Sabbath every Saturday Sabbath every seven days seven days seven days and then you have these high Sabbaths in here so he's according to this if I were to take this as a uh, a lunar south approach I mean I've looked at this and i have tried to make sense of this in the lunar Sabbath it would be like the next day is Sabbath and he resurrects right away He resurrected on the Sabbath, but he didn't resurrect on the high Sabbath. So you had a high Sabbath, and then you had a non-Sabbath day. You might have had a couple non-Sabbath days, and then you had a Sabbath. So they're getting ready for the high Sabbath, the first day of of the Feast of Matzah. Remember, it's the first and the last day, right? The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs in the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Yahusha and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his leg. So isn't that interesting how you've got uh, on two sides of him are these two thieves that get their legs broken. Well, how is it that they break one and then the other, and then they come to him? Did they skip over him, go to the other guy, and then go to him? And it took me a long time to visualize this, but I think the way this is happening is that all three of them were on one tree. And so you're going in a circle. And so you know they would put the the cross beams there, and they're all just hung on the same tree, three dudes on the same tree. So they go to the first, break his legs. They go to the second, break his legs. And they're just going around this tree, and he's the last guy on them. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who, uh, I didn't quote here from the Hebrew Gospels. I should have. I don't know what I was thinking. These are the Greek and you guys remember the Hebrew Gospels every single time uh where it says soldier it actually says Pharisee and then the Greek the Greek Gospels say soldiers the Hebrew Gospels say Pharisee and you're like what in the world's going on here and of course you know my conclusion is that these are these are the Pharisees these are the Pharisees doing it Pontius Pilate washes his hands he's like I'm not I'm not crucifying this guy and that was actually his judgment so it'd be a very strange thing for the judge to say this guy is innocent and then kill him like that doesn't make any sense it makes a lot more sense to go okay I wash my I'm washing my hands he asked the Jews to do the same they didn't he handed them over to them They're like you guys do what you want with them and then the Pharisees went and killed him and he who has has seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe most people will say that uh Yohanan is talking about himself in the third person here and you guys probably know my my conclusion on this, that uh, the reason why uh, the Gospel of John is not one of the uh, somatic go- uh, gospels, uh, the synatic gospels, excuse me, uh, is that, you know, you have Matthew, Mark and Luke that kind of do their own thing. And John is over here doing his own thing. And uh, it's because the person giving the testimony here, I believe, is Mary Magdalene. I think he is sourcing. And that's one of the reasons he's getting his source uh, information from a woman. And he's like, look, look, I know this person's testimony is true. I know that it wouldn't hold up in court. But this person's testimony, this person knew uh, Yahushua Hamashiach personally, and and it's true. And that's why there's such an emphasis on Mary Magdalene in all of these accounts where he's talking about who he's getting his information from. and you know, None of the other gospels talk about that. And, uh and so you you know he is is it, it, it's actually it could be a very well she right this is just a uh, translator bias it could be it could read and she who has seen has testified it would make a lot more sense actually and her testimony is true and she knows uh that she is telling the truth so that you may believe and you'd go oh that makes sense because it's a woman and right i'm not supposed to believe what she, her testimony doesn't hold up for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, the Passover, but also not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. Yochanan chapter 19. All right, now I'm going to read to you from Bezorah Kepha. And this occurred to me today as I was preparing this. You know how you like, it's like kind of like a no doubt thing, like something you knew your whole life, but then you come into this deeper understanding of it and you're just like, Oh my goodness! And it really hit me, like on a on a deeper level today, in a way I can't really describe to you, uh, of how much the crucifixion account is a reverse engineering of the Passover event. I mean, we we've all grown up knowing it's the Passover event. We get it, but like you, you, you'll see what I mean reading Bezorah Kifah, So I'll I'll point this stuff out. And so I'm going to be reading, uh, fourteen verses, as you can see from Kifa. But of the yahudim none washes his hands because of course pilots like i wash my hands he offered them the water and uh, some actually speculate that the water it's kind of interesting uh, i'll get to it in other studies That uh getting a little holy grail for you that that water that he actually washed his hands in was actually the holy grail that's that's something completely different but anyways he washes his hands neither herod nor one of his judges and since they did not desire to wash, Pilate stood up. And then Herod the Edomite, uh, the Esau of the story, the king commanded that Adonai be taken, saying to them, What things I command you do to do to him, do. All right, so he's been handed over to Herod. Herod's finally going to do, you know, Esau's finally going to do what he's been wanting to do to, uh, to his brother Yaakov all these years. But Yosef, the friend of Pilate and of Adonai, had been standing there and knowing they were about to crucify him, he came before Pilate and requested the body of Adonai for burial. Notice that the, the order is a little changed, right? Because in the Gospels, it, it doesn't talk about him asking for the body until after his crucifixion. And Pilate said to Herod and asked for his body. And Herod said, Brother Pilate, even if no one has asked for him, we purpose to bury him, especially as the Sabbath draws near. This, of course, is a lie. Uh, they were not they were going to do worse things to him for it is written in the Torah that the Sun should not set upon one that has been put to death and also uh, I, I talked about this in my bizarre Kifa study. this actually I believe that the Gospel of Peter is totally legit totally legit and it actually explains the crucifixion a lot better one of the big criticisms is the criticisms that have been pointed out is that if a Roman governor like Pilate were to crucify a body that body is now the property of the state you cannot just get the body and not only that if Pilate were to try him there has to be an execution wait time of about three days they could not execute him on by Roman law could not do it on that day but the Romans didn't crucify him and the reason Joseph or Yosef Rama could get his body is because again the Romans didn't do it Pilate is demanding the body from Herod by law saying I am your authority I want his body. I'm giving it to this guy here. And Herod did not, the Jews did not want to give it to Yosef of, of, of Rome. And he delivered him uh, and he delivered him to the people on the day before the Feast of Matzah, meaning Passover's that night, first uh, high Sabbath the next day. And they took Adonai and pushed him as they ran and said, let us drag away the son of Elohim. This is like so demonic here, like the, the demons are actually speaking to them. Let us—they're—they're they're pushing him and kicking him, and let us drag away the son of Elohim, having obtained power over him. And they clothed him with purple. It, isn't that fascinating? Like, like it's like the Yahudim are—are are, oh man, like that scene. It sounds like a like a, just a creepy horror scene uh, from a movie. And they clothed him with purple and set him on the seat of judgment, saying, "Judge righteously, O King of Yashua. I think uh, I'm not sure if he's. I actually think he's in the temple here but he could be on pilot seat at this point not quite sure which and one of them brought a crown of thorns and put it on the head of adonai and others stood and, and the idea is that if this is like a briar patch okay they're not like taking the time to carefully stitch a really pretty looking crown like they show in the movies like they're taking a briar patch and just shoving it on his head and others stood and spat in his eyes and others smote his cheeks others pricked him with a reed and some scourged him saying with this honor let us honor the son of Elohim so what they're doing now is this is Passover and this is what I'm talking about reverse engineering they are now taking the perfect lamb of Elohim and they are and they're just you know total disrespect trap you know they're supposed to take a perfect lamb right which they are and they're just trashing this thing total disrespect this is reverse engineering it. And they brought two criminals and the crucified Adonai between them, but he held his peace as though having no pain. Um, that they there having no pain, I'm telling you right now, that's an Essene thing, right? The Essenes, uh, according to Josephus, would uh, claim that they would, they would, it was their goal to uh, express no pain when they died. And in fact, many of them, they would, uh, they would apparently laugh uh, when they died. Um, because they were saying that my, my body is dying, but my soul is divine and eternal. <clears throat> and when they had raised the cross, they wrote the title, This is the King of Yashorel. And having set his garments before him, they parted them among them and cast lots for them, which, of course, is a prophecy in Psalms. And one of those criminals reproached them, saying, We, for the evils that we have done, have suffered this. But this man who has become the Savior of men, what wrong has he done to you? And they, being angry at him, commanded that his legs should not be broken that he might that he might die in torment so the the anger here is not directed at the thief on the cross so they actually uh they actually fulfilled prophecy out of spite like this is this is Pharaoh's heart being hard in here right like they are in the presence of Yahuwah the very Elohim they claim to worship they're putting him down they're they're disrespecting the lamb on Passover of all days and their heart is so hardened that they like they're, <laughs> they're actually like fulfilling prophecy it's just unbelievable uh and it was noon okay so this is again so think about the the plague of darkness right we went over this tonight so now you're seeing the plague of darkness come into this and it was noon and darkness came over all Yehuda and they were troubled in distress lest the sun uh set not on, not on him who has been put to death and one of them said give him to drink all with vinegar and they mixed and gave him something to drink and fulfilled all things and accomplished their sins against their own head and many went about with lamps supposing that it was night and fell down so again it's just like this darkness that you can you can just like you can feel right like even it's it's broad daylight out but it's total darkness no sun no moon no stars they they think it's night and time they're lighting lamps now it's not quite like we don't we don't see the the light being uh, you know put out like in Exodus, but apparently this light isn't enough because they're still falling down into ditches. And Adonai cried out, saying, "My power, my power! You have forsaken me." And when he said it, he was taken up. And in that hour, the veil of the temple of Euphrates was rent in two. And then they drew out the nails from the hands of Adonai and laid them upon the earth, and the whole earth quaked, and a great fear arose. Then the sun shone, and it was the ninth hour. So, just really struck me reading that going, oh my goodness, this is literally like the Passover Exodus account again happening all over again. Now I want to talk about second Passover really quickly. And I don't want to step on any toes. I'm just giving my opinion. And I even saw it being discussed today. And when you come, you know, Christians have no idea what second Passover is. I have yet to meet a Christian who has ever talked about second Passover. When you come over and you recognize that the Torah is the law of heaven, and it's eternal and intended for everyone, you, you, people start talking about the second Passover event. And we'll get to it later in the Torah portions, but this is what uh, Yirmiyahu, Yirmiyahu chapter 23, verse 7 says. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares Yahuwah, when they shall no longer say, as Yahuwah lives, who brought up the people of Yashorel out of the land of Mitzrayim.'" But as Yahweh lives, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Yashorel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. Now, it is my contention that this has already happened. Uh, I believe that it, I, I have two theories on this. All right. Now, I know it says the north countries, um, but I believe that this lands that they inhabited, It could either be paradise, uh, or it could be the hidden wilderness, which of course I've written a book on. And of course, paradise is in the hidden wilderness. So, either or, right? Now, you guys know I love quoting from Bezora Nicodemus, the Gospel of Nicodemus. I quote from this often, but it's such a good passage. I'm going to recite it again. Uh, The basic idea is that on this, what they're saying in Yirmiyahu that there's going to be this Passover events. There's going to be this the vets where the people who go through this are saying, this is so amazing. They're no longer talking about the Red Sea anymore. They're no longer talking about the Exodus account. They're talking about what just happened. It's this, an event in history that changed everything for all time, that it surpasses the original Passover event. Well, what if the second Passover event is what we just read, the Gospel of Peter or the Gospel of John? What if it is the crucifixion of Yahusha HaMashiach, who is Yahuwah, and his resurrection? Here's where I'm getting at. Then Yahuwah, stretching forth his hand, made the sign of the cross, the Tav, upon Adam. This scene takes place in Sheol. He has just been crucified. He has come down to Sheol. And upon all the saints, everyone there. And taking hold of Adam by his right hand, he ascended from Sheol, and all the saints of Allah Hayam followed him. What a scene that had to be. You think that those people, th- these saints, these are the prophets. These are the people who read the Torah, the Tanakh. These are the people that spent their whole lives talking about how amazing the Exodus was or how they would have loved to have been there. You think they'd be talking about that again? No, they're going to be talking about this event. This, they, nothing is going to surpass this event where they're literally being taken from the land of death into the land of life forever. Then Yahuwah holding Adam by the hand delivered him to Michael, the archangel, and he led them into paradise filled with mercy and glory. We also read this in Odes of Solomon, same scene. I extended my hands and approached my Adonai for the expansion of my hand is his sign. And my extension is the upright cross. And I believe this is the mark of the Tav. That was lifted up on the way of the righteous one. And I became useless to those who knew me not because I shall hide myself from those who possess me not. And I will be with those who love me. Um, I actually believe, uh, if you guys remember my Odes of Saul, I did this like two, three years ago at this point, and I took you took this through, and I believe that this very likely could have been literature from the Millennial Kingdom, and that this is this is actually Yahoo, uh Messiah talking here about he's basically saying he's going to get up and leave, he's going to be with those who love him, who are not persecuting him. All my persecutors have died, and they sought me. They who declared against me because I am living. So everyone who conspired against him are now dead. And this is Mashiach here talking. Then I arose and I'm with them and will speak by their mouths, uh, for they have rejected those who persecute them, and I threw over them the yoke of my love. Isn't that amazing? The yoke, like, like this yoke you would put over an animal, but it's the yoke of his love that he throws over those who are obedient and loyal to him. Like the arm of the bridegroom over the bride, so is my yoke over those who know me. And as the bridal chamber is spread out by the bridal pair's home, so is my love by those who believe in me. I am not rejected, although I was considered to be so, and I did not perish, although they thought it of me. These are his conspirators, those who uh, crucified Mashiach. They wanted to destroy him. Um, But he he says, you know, they thought to cause him to perish, but he did not perish. His his body did not see decay, as you guys know, and he resurrected. Sheol saw me and was shattered. So now... so now the speaker here, obviously Yahushua Hamashiach, is saying that he went to Sheol. Sheol saw me and was shattered. And the teeth of, you know, the Leviathan, the mouth of the Leviathan was shattered. And death ejected me and many with me. That's who just read the saints, the prophets, Adam. I have been vinegar and bitterness to it. And I went down with it as far as its depth. Then my feet and the head it released because it was not able to endure my face. Sheol, I love that. Sheol cannot endure the face of Yahuwah. And I made a congregation of living among his dead. And I spoke with them by living lips in order that my word may not be unprofitable. And those who had died ran towards me. This is such a beautiful scene. Hold on. I need to drink a tea here. The scene is in Sheol. And it says, and those who had died ran towards me. And they cried out and said son of elohim have pity on us what a beautiful scene that had to have been why has this never been made into a movie and deal with us according to your kindness and bring us out from the bonds of darkness and open for us the door by which we may come out to you the the hell mouth the door for we perceive that our death does not touch you May we also be saved with you because you are our savior. Then I heard their voice and placed their faith in my heart. And I place my name upon their head because they are free and they are mine. Hallelujah. Odes of Solomon 42. So again, I ask, I mean, is that not an exodus event or what? You think that those people who go through that, who are resurrected, go to paradise, all of human history, by the way, all the set apart, Who it's prophesying this event. Like, do you think that they're, which do you think they're going to favor more? Crossing the the the, the, the sea of uh, the seaweed sea, or going from Sheol to paradise and resurrected bodies? All right. Now, you guys see that I love to point out the moon map of lots. Here you have Terra Vista. This is what I believe is the hidden wilderness. It's on our moon. Um, it's a huge chunk of the earth. It's like half of the earth. It's a huge chunk of land. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, all the the literature that I have shown shows that there is, you can see the pink lines up here on the top. This is where the circuit of the sun is. The the sun does not pass those pink lines, which means it's all darkness. But in Terra Vista here, it would all be lit up. According to all the, uh, the books that I have shown of the hidden wilderness, it is lit up by this. This is where New Jerusalem would be. Uh, the New Jerusalem, according to all these books, does not come into the, the sunlit realm. It goes into the dark realm, and it's all lit up by the light of the Lamb. And I'm still talking about second paradise, uh, second Exodus here. And we see this um, Ezekiel. This is also talking about the big gathering of the people. And I'm not saying that there is not another second Exodus event. Um, people, I can see the... <laughs> I can see the comments now. What are you saying, all? What are we on—the third or the fourth or the fifth Exodus Bible? I don't know, but uh, yes, I think that there'll be another gathering in the short season, the end of it. But I do believe that this gathering that is talking about did happen. So, as I live, declares Yahweh Allah. surely with a mighty hand and an, and an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out. And here it is, the word, the wilderness. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples. And I think that's referring to the hidden wilderness. Uh, this is where uh, what Enoch would talk about, the wilderness that is on Behemoth, that is east of Eden. And there, I will, <clears throat> and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. Now, remember the video I put out a week ago where I talked about the, the worldview of the Essenes? The Dassians believe that uh, Paradise was the same thing as Elysian Fields it was on this Earth it was a huge stretch of land it, it, it's a it's, it's in our material realm but it's also land that only it's, it's weird because it's like on a material plane but it's only where spirits can go only spiritual creatures can go there man cannot mortal man cannot pass there you have to be immortal to go there but they talked about there would be a division that when you go there you would be judged and you would go to the left or the right you would go to torment to the land, to the, you'd be cast out into the outer darkness, or you would go into the the sunlit fields. And this is what it's talking about right here. So if you can imagine, you're going to the, he is taking you to the wilderness of your people, the hidden wilderness. And I think this is ground zero, uh, this map right here. This is, this guys, this is where it was at. The kingdom is eternal. It has, it has not ended. It's still there. All right. This is where the party's at. He's taken all his people there and now he's going to part them to the left or the right. Uh, and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face there in the wilderness. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness in the land of Egypt. So again, second Exodus, same thing. So I will enter into judgment with you, declares uh Allah Hayam. I will make you pass under the rod. And I'm about to give a presentation. this. This rod really excites me. This is the rod of Moshe. the same one you know this is the rod that uh yahushua hamashiach is said to 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 rule the nations with with iron rod when he when he when he rules in the kingdom so he's got this rod and uh this is the same rod that i believe that yosef of rama brought with him to britain uh that flowered and and that kind of stuff and this is where we get uh excalibur from the sword and stone and the sword of the stone is a my opinion a counterfeit Rod that was created afterwards, years later, uh, by wishful thinking. In order to pull the kingdom away from Yehusha and give it to Arthur, I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Well, maybe, maybe Yehusha did have an Excalibur sword. I don't really know. I wasn't there. That would be pretty awesome if he did, though, wouldn't it? I will purge out the rebels from among you and those who transgress against me. That's where we're going to find out if we make the cut. It's almost like caesar holding his hand out like this can you see it on camera you know like this and this or that right it, it that's where we're going to see if we make the cut with the rod i will bring them out of the land where they sojourn but they shall not enter the land of yashorel then you will know that i am Gahuwah. and by the way remember now now there's the exoteric types out there that every time they see the land of israel this is only referring to land of Canaan but we have seen enough passages to know that there is Jerusalem and then there's new Jerusalem right and there is the the land of promise and the land that Abraham was looking for and longed for right so I believe this is the eternal land of the Asherel, the true land of inheritance all right I love this illustration here this it's almost like a wood cutting and uh we're going to be talking about the angel of death now and I love this because you see like the people in there they don't they almost don't look Jewish they look like uh like Puritans or Protestants or something you know and and this angel is about to come in with a sword and you see the obelisk in the background and uh about to kill people and he looked up and he goes oh there's blood there and uh it's uh it's one of those things where like this is something that I think that Christianity really struggles with that that in the Torah and in the Tanakh Yahuwah is looking for visible signs um one of them is circumcision he's looking for these he's looking for a mark marks are important to Yahuwah we just read about how he put uh in the Oza Solomon he put his name on their forehead he put a physical mark on their forehead he put his actual name he wants to look and go that person's mine because I could read it. I see my name on his forehead right visible stuff is important to Yahuwah so he wants to look for the blood on the uh, the doorpost. It so was my friend Polly likes to point out with tizzets, uh with tassels. He's like, uh, I, "What's the line, Polly?" You say it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, you you wear tassels so that Yahweh uh, so Yahweh knows that you're not a whore, right? And it's like it's like if you're not wearing them, does he know that? Does he know you're not whoring after other gods? Uh, and visible signs are very important to him. All right, so. Jumping back into the Paleo, Bishahah then called out for all the bearded ones of Yasharel, declaring, and I, according to Pamela, she said, these are the elders of Israel, the bearded ones. Draw out and take for yourselves a sheep or goat for your families, and kill the Pesach, uh, the, the Passover lamb, and take for yourselves a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood which is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood which is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until daybreak. And Yahuwah, he shall cross over to strike Mitzrayim. And he will observe the blood on the lintel and on two doorposts. Then Yahuwah, the ever-living, will hop over the opening and will not all injury and will not all injury to come to your house to strike it. And you will safeguard as a powerful sign. There's that sign again. dabar the word set in order, the plan for an institution for you and for your sons to time of long duration all right so this is where um it really struck me that it's saying here uh it's not it doesn't say here the angel it says uh then Yahuwaha. The everliving will hop over. He will pass over the opening and will not at all, not all injury to come into your house. It's not saying that he's sending another angel. He's not sitting Satan. He's not sitting some other angel. He is, apparently, if I'm reading this right, he himself is coming to, to do the killing right he's got the rod type of ordeal right and you either go to the left or the right you either pass the test or you don't and the test here is pretty straightforward he's not lifting the skirt to see if you're circumcised he's not seeing if you kept the last sabbath he's not seeing if you have bacon in your house the one command here is that did you obey the command and put the blood of the lamb on your doorpost that's it now the arabic targum says this for the glory of Yahuwah will be manifested in striking the misery and he will see the blood upon the lintel and upon the t- uh the two post uh and the word of Yahuwah will spread his protection over the door and the destroying angel will not be permitted to enter your houses to smite now you could read that in, in it sounds like that they're separating saying that there is a separate angel that I mean that's how I'm reading the enemy Targum it doesn't have to be so that's how i'm reading it and you shall observe this thing for a statue to thee and thy sons for a memorial forever now just so you guys know i, I i'm taking pamela inside here i believe that yahwah I, I, I think that's the best translation but this is kind of interesting because um so here's what exodus from the king james the the masoretic text says for yahwah will pass through to smite the egyptians so it does say here uh, it says that he will be passing through yahwah and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, Yahuwaha will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in until your houses to smite you. So that could be, again, an interesting play on words because the destroyer is kind of like El Shaddai, who is Yahuwaha. Or is he talking about a separate entity? And he shall observe this thing for an ordinance to the. To, oh, I just bit my tongue. Please don't send me hate mail. Like, like you know like Noel doesn't believe the Bible or whatever just give me your point of view if you believe that it's a different angel or it's Yahuwah let's have a civil conversation about this but here's what again what the Genesis Targum says in uh 3 6 and the woman this would be Eve or Hava Chua uh, Ua, I think and the woman beheld Samael the angel of death this is the serpent in the tree so it's interesting that they're accrediting this idea of the Angel of Death with Samael and this is where a lot of the tradition comes from that it's actually Samael uh going through to destroy people and it's kind of interesting right like the grim Reapers taking people to Sheol to the to the Captain of Sheol the same way it happens in uh uh where Satan actually transports uh Yahusha to Sheol and um let's see what the legends of the Jews have to say about this same same passage The pastoral sacrifice afforded Moses the opportunity for inducing the children of Israel to submit themselves to circumcision, which many had refused to do until then in spite of his urgent appeals. But Elohim has means of persuasion. He caused a wind to blow that wafted the sweet scents of paradise towards Moses' Passover lamb. And the fragrance penetrated to all parts of Egypt to the dance or to the distance of a 40 days journey the people were attracted in crown in crowds to Moses's lamb and desired to partake of it keep in mind this is the legends of the Jews right They're they're sourcing their information from all these places I don't even know where they're sourcing it from it's interesting nonetheless uh if you want to hold a salt shaker in both hands I won't be offended but he said this is the command of Elohim no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof and they all decided to undergo circumcision. That that would uh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong when he went around and I guess he he didn't inspect you know lift their skirts to see if they were circumcised. Uh, but uh, that was that was another part of the command. It's true you could not take part of the meal, um, <clears throat> and I would I, I would assume that means the whole preparation as well. Killing in the blood upon the doorpost. You need to get circumcised. So I guess there was two commands right there. Not just the blood, but circumcision. <clears throat> Don't you just love it when I'm wrong on on live camera? When Yahuwah passed through the land of Egypt, so there it is. Now they say, so they say. Uh, oh, he blessed every Israelite for his fulfillment of the two commands: the command of the, the Passover sacrifice and the command regarding circumcision. Uh, so there, it's it doesn't it, it doesn't seem to talk about the angel of death. Interesting enough, in the legends of the Jews, at least what I was reading today, it seemed to credit him to Yahuwah. So you're seeing uh, yeah it could be both even amongst judaism um so here's how they talk about the night of the passover events in the the book of manuscripts which again is the egyptian side of the argument and i'm sorry i'm just seeing like the the conversation uh has gone like way down and i wasn't picking up any comments anyways on the night of the destroyer's wrath and again the destroyer is El Shaddai when its terror was at its height there was a hail of rocks and the earth He does pain rent her bowels gates columns and walls were consumed by fire now keep in mind now, now this is Yahuwah he is passing down into into Mitrin, down on uh, boots on the ground operation all right and you know I I really do love the Hanna-Barbera uh greatest stories ever uh cartoons if you guys have ever seen them I you know I talked about how I can't hear the voice of Pharaoh now without hearing uh thinking James Earl Jones in my head uh from that cartoon and I really do love the scene I can still hear the music in my head I'm not going to sing it for you when the like the the angel of death the cloud that comes in and you know checks in all the doors and stuff but uh, uh, if I'm reading according to this it was like when the destroyer comes down and into intemireen like there's fire and explosions and earthquakes and buildings rocking i mean this is this is a big event you're not just people aren't sleeping comfortably in their bed and they wake up and their baby's dead like it's like you're you're in, you're in the fetal position kissing your butt goodbye <clears throat> Gates, columns, and walls were consumed by fire, and the statues of Elohim were overthrown and broken. People fled outside their dwellings in fear and were slain by the hail. So they're so afraid to stay in their own house. They're running outside and then being killed. Those who took shelter from the hail were swallowed when the earth split open. The habitations of men collapsed upon those inside, and there was panic on every hand. But the slaves who lived in huts in the reedlands these are the Hebrews, at the place of pits, the, the brick making pits were spared. The land burnt like tinder. A man watched upon his rooftops, and the heavens hurled wrath upon him, and he died. Uh, the land ride under the wrath of the destroyer and groaned with the agony of Mitraim. It shook itself, and the temples and palaces of the nobles were thrown down from their foundations. The highborn ones perished in the midst of the ruins, and all the strength of the land was stricken. Even the great one, the firstborn of Pharaoh. So the, the highborn one is saying that all the firstborns of the land died. Those are the highborn ones. And it goes on to say, even the great one, the firstborn of Pharaoh died with the highborn in the midst of the terror and falling stones. Now, it's interesting that Pharaoh, I'll point out, Pharaoh was also the firstborn. He did not die. And we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. The children of princes were cast out. Into, he was the, He was one of the only exceptions to the rule. Uh, like Yahuwaha is like, yeah, I know you're the firstborn, but I actually like, I want you to live. I want you to see this because there's some things worse than death and you're about to experience it. The children of princes were cast out into the streets and those who were not cast out died within their abodes. There were nine days of darkness and upheaval, while a tempest, raged such as never had been known before. When it passed away, brother buried brother throughout the land. Men rose up against those in authority and fled from the cities to dwell in tents in the outlands. Okay. Getting back into the Paleo. Making sure you guys can read that. And it shall exist when you enter to Haarats, which Yahweh, the ever-living, will give to you like that which he has arranged in order and you shall guard this service and it shall exist when your sons say to you from what do you mean by this service you shall reply so you're telling to your sons and future generations this is a sacrifice of uh passage unto Yahweh, the ever-living who passed over the houses of the sons of yashorel in mitrein when he struck mitrein and as a powerful sign snatched out of danger our houses and the people bowed down inclining themselves out of honor and reverence and did homage and the sons of Yashara walked in fashion like that which Yahuwah had appointed unto Mashah and Aaron in that manner they worked and he ex- and he existed in the middle of the night and Yahuwah the ever-living struck all the established firstborn in Aratz Matreim, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat upon the throne to the firstborn of the captive in the cistern house, and all the firstborn of beasts, so even all the animals. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, and all his servants, and all Mitraim. and she existed a great sh- a shriek throughout Mitraim, for there was not a house in which there was not someone dead. And he called out for a mashaha and for it's an, it sounds like another scene from Sheol again, another scene from hell. Just you could just just can you imagine that you could just hear the moaning and the crying. Like if you could just look out, maybe some of you are in a city right now, or even the suburbs, and you could just look out your window and imagine counting all the houses out there, just hearing the crying. That had to be quite the thing to to imagine, where the lights are on in your house, everyone is alive, you're holding your baby, and your firstborn, and everyone's living, and you just hear all these people who brought on the wrath of Yahuwah. That had to be something to experience uh and he called out and he called out for and for Aaron by night so that very night he's remember the last time he saw me he said the next time you see me you're gonna be a dead man if you ever see my face again and how the tables have turned and he said rise up go forth from among my people you and in addition take your sheep also your cattle and also the sons of Yashuril, and walk serve Yahweh the ever living as he has commanded you also your flocks and your herds take for yourself as you have set in order and walk but you shall barak me also and matrim seized upon the people to hasten them and going forth from the land so like moshe was you know this wasn't his first rodeo right you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on you like he knows pharaoh's reputation that by sunrise he could change his mind so it's still nighttime he's like guys let's go they were still probably mourning they could probably they were probably leaving if you ever watch the ten commandments movie when they're all like leaving egypt you know like they're all they're definitely rejoicing but like it would have been a a very different scene if they just had the moan like they're leaving it's the same scene of leaving sheol can you imagine that when uh, uh yahusha goes down there and those who loved him came running up to him saying you know son of man or son of adam uh, Messiah Savior come and save us right and as they're leaving Sheol to go to Paradise you could hear all the moaning of those souls being left behind behind them right it's the same thing same scene and match seized upon the people to hasten them and going forth them from, from the land for they said we are all dying so the people lifted up the dough before it was fermented and they bound up their kneading bowls and their apparel upon their shoulders this this is why Passover right you got to be ready to go uh the sons and the, you know the, the people down in Sheol they were trained for this too they're, they were like let me pack my bags they're like nope we're out of here right the sons of Yashiro also worked like the words set in order by Mashaha, and they asked for mentoring vessels of silver and utensils of gold and clothing and Yahuwaha the ever-living gave them favor in the eyes of Mitraim Thus they demanded of them, thus they despoiled Matrine. So they took whatever was left. I'm imagining them like walking up with like the Mona Lisa, you know, <laughs> uh, like priceless artwork. Someone's got like this huge, like like the, you know, the Hope diamond, you know, like a huge diamond around their neck, that kind of stuff. And the sons of Yasharil pulled up camp, setting forth from Ramses to uh, Saka, uh, a Tooth about 600,000 warriors besides the babies. And in addition, a great many strangers went up with them. And flocks and cattle and livestock was heavy. So uh, those were the wise ones, the the strangers. that like, yeah, I'm getting out of Egypt, too. I wonder how many of these strangers actually were wise enough to put blood over their their door. I hope there were were some wise ones amongst them. They also baked the dough which they had brought from Mitraim unto Matsuath. For it was unfermented because they were driven out from Mitreim and were not able to tarry. And also neither had they fashioned any provisions for themselves. All right, so let's see what the same scene has to say in uh Yasher chapter 80. And Allaham sent darkness upon Egypt, that the whole land of Egypt and Pathros became dark for three days. So that a man could not see his hand when he lifted it to his mouth, and that was kind of a similar scene again, right, with the crucifixion. Where it was darkness, and it was this type of darkness where people are lighting lamps, and the, you know they're falling over. It just—it's so dark. At that time, died many of the people of Yasharoh who had rebelled against Yahuwah, and who had not, who would not hearken to Moshe and Aaron, and believed not in them that Allah, Allah Hayam had sent them. That's that's something you don't read in the other account. A lot of the people from Yashur died. And who had said, "We will not go forth from Egypt, lest we perish with hunger in a desolate wilderness," and who would not hearken to the voice of Moshe? Man, there it is again—the wilderness. I need to—I just came out with the, with the second edition of the hidden wilderness. I need to come out with the third edition. Well, when I do, that will be in there. Contrasting that with with the other passages I showed in Jeremiah and Ezekiel about going to the wilderness and and a lot of people didn't want to go right and yahuwah plagued them in the three days of darkness and the israelites buried them in those days without the egyptians knowing of them or rejoicing over them and remember now the light it said in the target that the light were on so that they could bury the dead and that's what it says right here that they're the israelites are actually burying the dead and the darkness was very great in egypt for three days and any person who was standing when the darkness came remained standing in his place and he that was basically the same thing we read that like they didn't go back and finish their work right and he that was sitting remained sitting and he that was lying continued lying in the same state and we saw that people in beds like crying out and he that was walking remained sitting upon the ground in the same spot and this thing happened to all the Egyptians until the darkness had passed away and again I I think of the scene of being in a tent for all the for all of you who have been camping before you wake up in the middle of night and you kind of have that fear that comes over you, like, where am I? I can't see anything. It's so dark, and you start going like this, and you feel like you slap the tent, but you kind of sit there paralyzed, and you, you know you can't really move. I imagine it was kind of like that, like being in a tomb type of thing. You just, you, wherever you're at, you just you don't leave that space. A tomb of just darkness of the Chosek. And the days of darkness passed away. And Yahovah sent Moshe and Aaron to the children of Israel, saying. Celebrate your feast and make your Passover. For behold, I come in the midst of the night amongst all the Egyptians, and I will smite all their firstborn, from the firstborn of a man to the firstborn of a beast. And when I see your Passover, I will pass over you. And the children of Yashua did according to all that Yahuwah had commanded Moshe Nair, and Aaron, they. T- thus did they in that night. And it came, now this is a, uh, let's see here. Wow, this goes on for a while. I'm running out of time. Uh, let's see. OK, well, and it came to pass in the middle of the night that Yahuwah, Yahuwah went forth in the midst of Egypt and smote all the firstborn of the Egyptians. So again, there it doesn't say the angel of, of death or, you know, the angel of Yahuwah. It's 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 Yahuwah from the firstborn of man to the firstborn of beast. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants on all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry throughout Egypt in the night for there was not a house in which there was not a corpse. Also the likeness, this is interesting, also the likeness of the firstborn of Egypt, which were carved in the walls at their houses, were destroyed and filled to the ground. So all the picture frames, all the pictures of of anyone who was a firstborn was destroyed. All the images man, that and that that's really interesting because there's I really think about that a lot with like our own images and pictures. We don't think anything of it in the 21st century. Right. It's a digital age. But there's a power to our image they were destroyed even those who were I guess already dead their images were destroyed even the bones of their firstborn who had died before this and whom they had buried in their houses were raked up by the dogs of Egypt on that night and dragged before the Egyptians and cast before them ouch and all the Egyptians saw this evil which had suddenly come upon them and all the Egyptians cried out with a loud voice this has to be like a horror film beyond belief And all the families of Egypt were upon that night, each man for his son, each man for his daughter, being the firstborn. And the tumult of Egypt was heard at a distance on that night. And now this is what one of the things I wanted to read to you here. I thought this was really interesting. And Baphia, the daughter of Pharaoh, went forth with the king on that night to seek Moshe and Aaron in their houses. And they found them in their houses, eating and drinking, rejoicing with all Yasharil. And Baphia said to Moshe, this is the woman who raised him. Is this the reward for as a as an infant? Is this the reward for the good which I have done to thee? Remember, she pulled them out of the river who have reared thee and stretched thee out, and thou hast brought this evil upon me in my father's house? And Moshe said to her, Surely ten plagues did Yahuwah bring upon Egypt. Did any evil accrue to thee from any of them? Did one of them affect thee? And she said, No, they she, she, she was thinking about that. That's really interesting. None of these plagues affected me. And Moshe said to her, although thou art the firstborn to thy mother, so she should have died. He says, thou shall not die, and no evil shall reach thee in the midst of Egypt. And she said, what advantage is it to me when I see the king, my brother, and all his household and subjects in this evil, and whose firstborn perish with all the firstborn of Egypt? Did you notice here that uh, she is now seeing the Pharaoh is her brother? Uh, right? It started out as her father, now it's her brother. And Moshe said to her, surely thy brother and his household and subjects, the families of Egypt, would not hearken to the words of Yahuwah. Therefore, did this evil come upon them? And, you know, she's, yeah, it's interesting how she's she's got this, like, misdirected anger, right? And and she's mad at Moses for doing this, and he's like, look, you you're still not honoring him. Like, you could, you, you know, you could recognize him. This is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the god of all the gods over Egypt. And you refuse to honor him, right? And Pharaoh, king of Egypt, approached Moshe and Aaron and some of the children of Yahshua who were with them in that place. And he prayed to them, saying, rise up and take your brother and all the children of Yahshua who are in the land with their sheep and oxen and all belonging to them. They shall leave nothing remaining. Only pray for me to Yahuwaha, your Elohim. Now, I'm not going to finish the rest of that uh, for lack of time. I do find it interesting that, uh, well, we are out of time. I do find it interesting that uh, his Moshe's adopted mother, I, I've never read a text where she, I could be wrong, Someone could point it out to me, she didn't go with them. She wasn't one of them. She could have gone off with Moshe and been like, I'm going with your God, uh, with Yahuwah, and she chose not to. All right, Uh, let's finish this uh, Torah portion, and then we'll be done for the night. Unfortunately, you know how these things go. I have tons of material to go through, so I have like another probably 10 pages I won't get to. And the drawing out and turning back of the sons of Yasharal, after which they had dwelt in Mithraim, was after 430 years. And he existed, the end of the 430 years, and he existed on the bone of this day, that all the armies of Yahuwah, the ever-living, lifted them out of from Aratz matarim for all the sons of Yashroel to be observed into the circuit of the ages. And Yahuwah the ever-living declared unto al mashahan and Aaron, this is the feast of a Passover or a Pasash, and the sons of a foreigner shall not eat of it. But every man's servant that is purchased with silver, and after you have circumcised him, then he shall eat of it. A sojourner and a hireling or mercenary shall not eat thereof in one out in one house shall he eat it and she will not ex- exit abroad out of the house with any part of the flesh and neither shall she break a bone thereof. this is a good you know Yahusha's bones were not broken only when they didn't break his bones it was out of spite like they they, they were, they were going to break his bones and they're like now we want this lamb of God to suffer some more all the gathered assembly of the shall fashion him for him who is sojourning with you, a foreigner and one who wishes to fashion passage of Yahuwaha. behold, let all his males be circumcised first, and then at that time let him approach to fashion him, and he shall exist like one born in Heratz, But all uncircumcised shall not eat thereof. A uh, kad which means one Torah, one one law, shall exist for the native and for the stranger who sojourns with you right so it doesn't matter if you're going or born as a son of abraham one torah and all the sons of Yashur worked to accomplish like that which yahuwah the ever-living set in place to meshaha and aaron so they worked and he existed in the bone of this day that yahuwah the ever-living caused the sons of yashuel to go forth from Mitzrayim by their armies and yahuwah the ever-living you know, by their armies. We'll, we'll see later that these are twelve camps, uh, quite quite a large army. And I guess technically thirteen. And Yahweh, the Ever Living, set words in order unto Al Mashahah to declare Kuda yuash. Let's see what that means. Uh, set apart. I should have known. M-m- uh, Mashahah to declare. Set apart to me are all the established firstborn. All that which first cleaves opened the womb among the sons of Yashuael of men and of beasts, it belongs to me. Isn't that interesting? He just killed all the firstborn, and he's saying the firstborn are the set-apart. Really interesting. And Meshaha declared unto the people, Remember this day in which you went forth from Mitriim, from the house of slavery. For with a strong hand, Yahweh, the ever-living, as a powerful sign, brought you from there. You shall not eat fermented bread. The time you came forth was in the kadash habayab the month of the green corn now i might be ending on this note tonight and i remember when pamela was translating this and she brought up this idea of the month of the green corn and we were like "Uh uh-oh what does that mean and i was looking into this because you know there's there's a lot of our debates out there right now a lot of people looking into the fact that Egypt and Israel today is not the ancient Egypt and Israel the same would go for Rome basically all that area it's all made up it's not the historical and the idea is, is that ancient Israel ancient Babylon ancient Egypt ancient Rome all these places they all kind of exist elsewhere uh you know a lot of people are looking to the state of Utah for Israel uh people are looking to Florida for the Garden of Eden all this kind of stuff right well It's really interesting this this translation of the month of the green corn now this is where it's kind of like uh uh-oh because there is the green corn ceremony in north america by the native americans historically and it happens in june or july so what that would mean is is that if if um if we're to relate this back we're looking at the passover event being wrong in the spring it should be in the summer in june and july and i remember talking about this with pamela well i started looking more into this and the ancient egyptians actually had the uh the the green corn festival it was the month of the green corn and so i pulled this up today from bowling green state university it's an article called harvest festivals and this is where they talk about egypt ancient egyptians also celebrated a harvest festival the egyptian harvest festival took place during the springtime harvest the festival was dedicated to men the egyptian god of vegetation and fertility this festival included parade in which the pharaoh participated in and a great feast uh, the Egyptian people would celebrate with music, dancing, and sports. The Egyptian people believed that spirits lived in the corn they harvested, and when they harvested the crops, they would weep and pretend to be grief-stricken. The Egyptian people believed that the spirits would become angry with them for cutting down the corn, so they participate in the act of sorrow to deceive the spirits. Now, how much of that last part is genuine? I don't really know. You know, that sounds like something a, a, a history textbook would say. It just sounds so blah wow. but anyways uh the idea is, is that the, the 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 harvest time was the spring well I'll get more into that with one more quote and but I really I, I was really taken back and I said this earlier time about the the feasting and the parades and the the music and the dancing but well, this is what the 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 Israelites did right they participated in this this spring festival and the Egyptians were mourning and so we read this in uh, this article is from it's called the middle east eye the middle east eye and it says this every year egyptians of all religions and backgrounds welcome spring with the celebration of Sham El nasim sounds like kind of like nisan meaning smell of the breeze Sham El nasim dates back to around 2700 bc when it was known as shimu during the springtime festival so there it is spring and it happens about april every year sometimes march Ancient Egyptians would offer salted fish and other foods to their gods to coincide with the spring equinox. During this period, which corresponds to the era of the third dynasty, the arrival of spring was was a significant event for the Egyptians as the changing of the seasons had significance for the sowing, growth, and harvesting of crops. Um, Let's see. Then it talks about how it became Coptic Easter. Uh, There was something else I wanted to uh, show here. That's okay. All right. And um, let me just finish. I'll just finish this last of uh, the Torah portion. We'll finish it tonight, and then we'll be done for the night. Isn't it amazing? It's like two hours is not enough. It takes me this long just to read through the whole portion. I need like four hours to go through this every week. Therefore, when Yahweh, the ever-living, brings you to uh, the Arats, uh, of the land of Canaan, and of uh, the Chathuia uh, and the Amariah, and the Yuya. The and the Yaba Yosia, which he swore to give to you a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this service in this month, the month of uh month of what we know as Nisan For seven days you shall eat matzah and on the seventh day shall be a feast of Yahuwaha the everliving. Sounds serious. I mean, he keeps repeating this. He didn't give this How many times have we read this direction tonight? Like he he, what is this the third or fourth time he's like I know you probably just forgot and I said it was eternal but let me just remind you again that you are to do this every single year same month same time 14th day seven days afterwards you shall eat sweet unfermented bread for seven days in case you forgot and fermented bread shall not be seen with you nor shall ferment be seen in all your boundaries and of course you know people still forget every year you know most Christians don't keep this even though it's in their Bibles, you shall declare to your son, this is because of the which Yahuwah worked for me and bringing me forth from Mitreim. And he shall exist to you as an established sign upon your hand and for a memorial sign between your eyes that Yahuwah Torah, breath of the covenant. She will exist in your mouth. For in a strong hand, Yahuwah, the ever living, has brought you forth from Mitreim. Therefore, you shall guard the ordinance to its appointed season from day upon day. And when Yahuwah, the ever-living, has brought you to the land of Canaan, which He promised to you and to your fathers that he would give you, then you shall pass over every first which opens to the womb to Yahuwah, the ever-living, and to every first thing, the springs forth of cattle, which shall come to you as a male, belongs to Yahuwah. But the firstborn of an ass you shall redeem with the sheep or goat. If you do not redeem it, then break its neck. And all the established firstborn of man among you, your sons you shall redeem. So interesting, he's putting such an emphasis on this after all the firstborns died, who were not covered by the blood. When any of your sons hereafter shall ask, what is this? You shall reply to him. So remember, when your children ask you the question, why are you doing this? This is how you reply. Yahuwah, the ever-living, brought us out from Mitrim with a strong hand from the house of slavery. And when Pharaoh became obstinate and refused us in this way, then Yahuwah killed all the established firstborn of Adam, the established firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to Yahuwah the ever all that which cleaves the open the womb, being males. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem, and he will exist of a mark upon your hand and for bands between your eyes, because Yahuwah the ever-living brought us forth from Mitrine. And that concludes this. We're right at 10 o'clock. Uh, I have the late night show to give tonight. I'm going to be talking about the apocalypse of all things. And the year 541, the year of the apocalypse. Uh, I think you guys are going to love it. I really do. So uh, if you can't make it live, that's fine. Tune back throughout the week before it gets buried too deep in the YouTube videos. Um, thank you guys all for for those of you who made it this far into it, two hours. Congratulations. And I'll see you again next week. Uh, Good night, everybody. I'm going to take like a five minute break, five, 10 minutes. I'll be right back on.